Yeah. Okay, man. Let's uh, introduce. Let's introduce well, the. Well, you know, hey, we're, we're on back Bay at uh, <laughs> Bay Legends, and you know what? We got Frank Martin right here. Oh, I can't, I can't bring him. Where? Out. Where is he? Where? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, it's like you know, we the red carpet's there. You don't see that, but you know, oh, we're, yes. we're at Notes Music Academy. I got my host, Simon Russell. Mr. Randy G. Yeah. Over here. We're in the hizzy tonight. It's going to be Oakland, beautiful. In California. Yes. Mm-hmm. My hometown. Oh, yes. that's right. That's Born right. and raised, that's, I heard. That's right. <laughs> yeah, man. So, you know, we were going over this list in uh, wherever it went. It's right, under your, it's right underneath it. It doesn't even matter, man. Yeah, we're, we're going to do it. It's yeah. just like, you know. Well, let's, let's, just, let's and, uh, just dive right into it. Let's, let's dive right into it, man. I know, I know. Simon wanted to talk about Sting. Oh man, about the rainforest thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Tell us, man. I mean, I've admired Sting forever. One of the yeah. beautiful things about him is his his distinctive sound. You hear a millisecond of his voice, you know it's Sting. There's no oh, yeah. one that sounds like yeah. him. Sure. And so, I love the fact that he could just play any kind of music. He can go into funk, jazz. I, mean, I heard him on a Herbie Hancock record where he's just Kill it! Ah, I love that. You know, that love possibilities that record. record. Mm-hmm. So tell us about him, man. What is what kind of a guy is this guy? Is well, he's a great guy. Uh, he's kind of two people. Uh, he's a superstar, and so there are moments when uh, <clears throat> when you're around him that you get he's a superstar, and so right. you kind of leave some space so you yeah. know the public can see the superstar. You know? right. And he is he is that, of course. When you're alone, he's a completely different guy. He's just like one of the guys like us. He's just yeah. hanging out. You know, sure. I've been to his house a number of times, and he's just hanging out. We go on his porch and look at the view over the park, and, you know, oh, he's just one beautiful. of the guys. You know, yeah. he's got a sense of humor. And yeah. um, I brought my daughter a whole bunch of times, and yeah, he just that. treats her like family, you know. Yeah, so he's beautiful. a down-to-earth, cool guy. Yeah. But he seems like, he a seems star. like that, too. He's a perfectionist. Yeah. He uh, working with him is great, but you got to bring it. Yeah. Um, right. It's an unsaid thing, mm-hmm. but you got to bring it. He yeah. wants everything right, you know. And you know he's called all of us out on some things, and so we have to make sure, you know, we're nailing the parts. Yeah. Yeah. But that's been a great gig working with that guy. You know, it's just a fluke way it happened. How did that come about? How did you gotta tell us about that. One of those things, uh, I just finished a record with uh, Steve Winwood. Yeah. And um, oh, uh, Steve of the record company, whatever, said, hey, uh, let's do a video. So we did a video uh, on a song called Spy in the House, I think it was. Anyway, <clears throat> then from that, they said, well, we're gonna do VH1 Honors show in LA. And would you guys mind backing him up on the tune, part of the show? And we said, hello, of course, it'll be great. Yeah. Oh, would you mind doing a couple tunes? Because this looks like it's going to be a full-on big show. Oh, would you mind doing like four tunes? You know? <laughs> sure. Oh, I, we just got a call from Stevie Wonder. And um, would you mind backing Stevie up on four tunes? <laughs> you know, Do I really have to? I, you know, well... <laughs> Hello, I, I thought I died and went to heaven. You know? right. <laughs> Shaka Khan is going to be there. James Taylor's going to be there. You know, the, the list is crazy. It's like you know, one of those, like the yeah. who's who. And we became the pit band, pretty much. You know, Nard and Michael Walden's right. the guy, you know, and he's my longtime friend, and, and uh, I'm his musical director. So we put together this show and killer band, you know, all the locals, you know, it was awesome. And, and, um, and, who was in the house watching the show? Sting, mm. you know, and he does a similar thing. Come to find out, called the Rainforest Benefit. 
where he has, you know, a band back up all these stars and yada, yada. And um, he came, he actually came at a suggestion from Bruce Springsteen, who, because he was looking for a musical director for the show, and Bruce said, you know, Mario's perfect for that. You know, he's doing this show. And so he came to the show as a result of Bruce. And... Um, and that's how it happened. He came, heard heard it all, and said, "Man, Nar, this is great! Congratulations! You really did a great job." Yeah. I have a show in two weeks or three weeks at Carnegie Hall. Would you mind being my musical director? And Nar said, "Yeah, I need my guy. Frank's my musical director." So, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, you know. So the two of us went and did this. He had already done six of these every year, and we came on the seventh year and did the show and it was you know it was just to stand in carnegie hall was crazy wow. yes, just to I, stand I, there literally i was yeah. in awe of just that is that yeah. was that the first time you actually played there absolutely wow. wow yeah i never dreamed i'd play there you know and just i mean i figured you probably already did but uh no no yeah. no it's a special place yeah, and i was just in awe and the show was awesome and everything went great yeah. And it was a smaller ensemble. I think I played Hammond and electric and acoustic, and I think we had a second keyboard player that year. I can't remember. And uh, but a small ensemble, and then all three singers and be like that. And it was great. Then they all of a sudden, the years going on, we get a call. Hey, would you mind doing it again? And I'm going because I was depressed after that show because it was like here so I just played with Stevie Wonder in L.A. and yada yada. And now this, right. and then. Now what? You know, right. as great as it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's He's like, like oh, a letdown. <laughs> come back, even though I love everything I do. There's just you get a taste of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah. want some more of that. Exactly. You know? And uh, so anyway, it one thing led to another. We were invited back, and then we weren't invited back the ninth year because he did a Frank Sinatra tribute, and they hired a big band, and wow. so all the celebrities wanted to sing Frank Sinatra, right. and we thought that was it. And they called back and said, okay, this is our 10th and last year because Sting made a commitment to, to uh, 10 years to, to this foundation. And uh, so we went, and all of a sudden this became two shows in one, meaning two sets. Normally we would do two sets. The first set would be the stars like James Taylor doing solo guitar and singing, and the band would come out for the second sh part of the show. Well, then for this one, well, let's put together a massive show and you know record it and do all this stuff oh great 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 and so we did that went great and we thought that was it and then then they called back close to two years later said okay this is too much fun we're going to do this every other year forever and wow, so it's still like, going on wow <laughs> and and when, when did you first start it what year was this i think 97 oh, you've been, oh you've been doing this for a minute now so many you, years yeah, yeah. 20 three years whatever Jesus. you know that is such a i never thought what a what a what an incredible blessing just yeah yeah absolutely yeah. like i you, you mentioned uh, angela bofield who i just think is one of the most underrated singers out there you know oh, people yeah. you know you know kind of forgotten about her but she is such a staple and um that song try i just oh i try the, yeah. the the orchestration on that thing alone yeah it's just it's just stupid I, I think Dave Grusin did the orchestration. Yeah, oh, Dave Grusin okay. did. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah, because he was the producer on her first two records, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was a blessing. Another one of those things. Uh, working with Narda, we did a record with Angelo because she, Clive Davis signed her to a, a new deal with Arista Records, 
after the Gruss and Rosen first two records, which are still my favorite records. Yeah, right? Even yeah. though I did a number of them after that, yeah. the first two, wow. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, so I did a record called Something About You. And uh, after that record, um, she asked me, uh, do you, by the way, do big band arranging and conducting? And Because and, I've got you know a, a week in... Atlantic City opening for Bill Cosby and two weeks in Vegas opening for Bill and I need a guy. Is that something you do? Oh, of course that's what I do. (laughs) I had never done anything like that in my life. I took a a conducting class in school in college. So the good news is I knew how to lift my arm and move it to one side and back and forth. So I had that going for me. But I'd never done big band arranging. If I did very small amount, just, you know, but uh, so I called Wayne Wallace, who you all right, know, right. you know, Ooh, my good buddy. We yes, were schooled together and yes. toured together and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I said, help. <laughs> so, uh, we got together and I just needed to do four tunes, but we co-arranged four tunes and then off I went. Yeah. I can still remember being backstage in Atlantic City, mm. having never done this, mm-hmm. with the full mm-hmm. big band of some stellar players. Mm. I mean, uh, yeah. Yikes, the, the best Coast. of the best. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I'm backstage literally going you can do this you can do this don't worry <laughs> you can do this you can do this always think like you uh, just can do anything the pressure uh, the pressure i was just like but i just walked out i said okay have fun walked out just one of, became one of the guys introduced myself yeah. you know we started to play and I loosened up by saying, I wrote these charts, the rhythm section, and I want it to feel good. I don't care if it's note for note. I just want it to feel good, make it feel right. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going for here. And their eyes got big, and they said, no one's ever said that to us before. And so, yeah, so I instantaneously made some friends, you know. I bet you did. And the band rocked, you know. Just they were awesome. And then off to Vegas and two weeks there and hanging with Bill Cosby. It's just like, you got to be kidding. You know, we'd go jogging and he'd invite me to his room and we'd talk jazz. And this is before we knew what was, you know. Right, right. But still, you know, at that moment, it was like, wow, you know, he was a really cool guy. And he loved loved Angela Bofield, which is how the gig happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so from there, I just went and worked with her for literally 25 years on and off. Not steady, but, you know, I'd go whenever she'd need me, I'd go out with her and do the the tours. That's good, though. I mean, you have, you know, 10 of those. That's That's the key. (laughs) Yeah. Plus, I mean, I'm not one of those that would want to get a gig as great as that is and do just that forever. Some yeah. people I know love that and have, and they've right. had a great career, and sure. they're happy as can be. Yeah. yeah. I, For whatever reason, I kind of like being on the high wire, not knowing what's next. Yeah. Some variety. Which means something really cool is going to happen yeah. at some point. Exactly. Maybe this year could be not so great, but <laughs> the payoff for me, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm, it's got to be a spiritual thing. Spiritually, you just want to feel, just to have a little variance. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, even yeah. today... I love teaching. I teach the yeah. UC Berkeley, the jazz yes. school, conservatory, yes. yada, yes. yada, I, privately. I didn't know UC Berkeley. I always knew about the jazz school. Yeah, 15, at least 15 years at UC Berkeley and Jeez. the jazz school and now the conservatory at the jazz school. It's a separate yeah. but same you know, place. Yeah. Uh, but my point is that I just I love teaching. I but if that's all I did, I'd go nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Now, now uh, curiously, um, when you're arranging stuff, because you know I, I'm a songwriter myself, I've never really dabbled in the, that area. But I, what I what do know is, 
you have to have a great knowledge of what the um, instruments can do. Like you can't write something that an instrument can't play. So you have to kind of know your instruments really well. Would that be accurate? Yeah, real important. You know, <laughs> imagine so. I I have three different books that are my reference books. You know, that I always went to to make sure I had the ranges correctly. Right, right. What, what notes are realistically comfortable for most settings? Right. You know, do you have a player who can play triple high Gs on the trumpet? Well, you, then you can utilize that. Right. But in general, you know, you need to know the ranges and then sonically how things sound. But the way I learned arranging, because I did a lot of string arranging, especially back in the 80s and 90s mm -hmm. and a lot of it, is I just did it from my synthesizer call up a string patch and gotcha. to mess with it you, you almost can't go wrong of course they're phenomenal string arrangers right but i started with just to in fact it was angela bofield something about you rec was the first time i did string arranging and brass arranging mm -hmm. and I, I never did it before i said right. can i try that <laughs> and uh and it worked because i just did the same kind of stuff i do on keyboards it sounded great and i tried it and was like wow that, that works and then i would do something and like that didn't sound so good, you know. <laughs> so you change something. On an Algero record once, I remember I, I asked for 15 strings. It was great. Wow. Except I had three cellos, which is awesome, you know, and, and violins and violas. And I they played my arrangement, and all of a sudden it was like, cello and strings. <laughs> it's like, it's wow. overpowering, yeah. So I had to, real. I realized that, wow, I've got to, I can't use a huge bottom even there's only three cellos large yeah, and so yeah. you know we found a way to make it work and i had one of the cellos lay out in a few sections because it was just wow yeah. and you don't know that until you hear it until you hear it right. and you're in the moment and right. then you've got to listen for you record with one ear off so right. you can hear the intonation exactly because it all sounds great here yeah 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 <laughs> and i'm back there they're going no no no, no. yeah what's the problem i go in there and listen and go Oh my God! You know, <laughs> so you have to learn you know little tricks of how to really listen for the intonation. Mm -hmm. Then there's the timing because string players, most of them, are classical players, and so they play a little behind the beat. If you ever watch an orchestra, the conductor goes, "Oh," and then you hear, right, <laughs> right, right. you know, I played right. with some orchestras, right. and it's like that's so hard to play because yeah. you you can't look at the conductor. <laughs> you have to go. Yeah, you, you can, but you have to listen and make it all work. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Long answer to yeah, you have to know ranges and yeah. how it works. And how do you really learn? My own opinion is you just simply listen. You like yeah. the arrangement that Angela had on I Try? Yeah. Clone it. Do right, listen right. and figure out every detail. That's great. And That's simply great. clone the range of the instruments. What's going on? How much movement? You know, when you arrange, you don't want to add all these melodies everywhere that sounds so great that have nothing to do with the song. Right. And that's clash. the ego that we right. have to struggle with mm -hmm. of, you know, make the music, make the song important. Yeah. And even if it's just, uh, and fades out, great. That's all I needed. Right. You know? right. And right. it takes a minute to learn that craft, you know? No, I think, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head. There's a, also the level of like the certain frequency levels. You know, when I was working with the James Brown band, they, um, I was playing keys and I, they just wanted me to hold this one note because they had two guitar players, two bass players, two, you know, there, and then background singers. It's like, where do I, I mean, me to play chords would just be just nonsense at that point. The, the frequency levels were all taken care of, all of it was there. So I just held this nice 
you know, string note on the top. But isn't that the most one of the most satisfying things you can do? I was I was in heaven. But yeah. <laughs> you're adding one part that makes it work, you know? You're just you're just part of a And that's song. one of the best parts of being a keyboard player. Exactly. Because we can be an entire symphony or we can be that one note and yeah. both have equal value. You know, they, it just depends sure on the moment. And if you can get into the beauty of sustaining that note at the right time and making it blend with the right attitude. Right. Yeah, and James Brown, hello. You don't want to be, you know, playing jazz uh, voice and jazz voices everywhere. You know? no, it's like, no, no, it's, no. It's not, there's no place for that. No. Yeah. But no. when I do the Sting thing, it's three keyboards. Jesus. Two guitars, you know, bass, drums, and percussion, seven horns, seven background singers, string section. I mean, it's like yeah. massive. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times my role in that, even though it's glamorous and I'm playing with Sting and everybody, it might be that one note right. because somebody else has got all the other stuff right. covered. And so covered. just as yeah. important. Right. Yeah, it makes it work, you know. Yeah, yeah. And but just having the sensibility to to say, okay, I don't want to play something large. I, everything, you know, just being aware of where yeah. where your place is and find it and lay, and lay it in there. That takes time to learn. It it's you know? not instinct. Yeah. It's not instinctual in some people. They just you know I play. I'm sure we all have. We played with guys and they're just you know guitar players playing tons of chords while you're playing tons of chords and you know so i'll back off and i'll say let me hit something up in this upper register he's got this covered yeah so i can just you know create a wall instead of we're you know conflicting um so yeah it's there's so much more to playing music than just playing music there's there's a whole other angle to it listening is listening. like 99 percent. listening yeah. finding your your spot to make to serve the music to make serve it like music. Wow, that exactly. one note. Yeah, yeah. that's all it's needed. Yeah, that's all it's and needed. as producers, as you know, when you arrange something with the keyboards and all that and the computer and yada yada, similarly, just because you can, that doesn't mean you should, you know? Right. And that takes some discipline too, because everything sounds so good. I remember producing this one record for this band, and I, I had the percussions all programmed drums, you know, and so I had the finger snaps, the, you know, the little cymbal, everything you could imagine, the entire spectrum completely filled up it sounded so good until i listened to the record and then i wanted to go hide in the corner it's like oh my god oh, yeah. it, all yeah. i needed was the little finger snap and it would have been magic but yes. no i had to have the symphony of percussion all parts were great oh where's the tremors you know i oh, it's just the utilization of space oh, utilization I, of space i yeah. learned from that one big time <laughs> We've all been there. Oh. Now I don't know if you remember the first time we met. We were it was I think in Arinda at a jazz festival, and you said, yes. "Hey, can I use your board?" And yeah. Now this brother goes into my board. I've had this board for a long time, and he does something, and the dopest keyboard sound comes out of there. And I'm like, I don't even know where you found it. I don't know if you tweak something. I still I haven't know. found that sound. <laughs> to this day, I'm like, where did I think you just did something? And it was the dopest little like road uh-huh. sound. And and I said, man, I really need to learn my my keyboard at this point. But it was really just great. But the it was a really nice little humble little um, Arinda jazz festival right. we were in. And right. but I just became a big fan of yours and and oh, just you, really man. admire your your um, just your brain your your. Uh. Thank your you. your musicality is just phenomenal. So you know nothing but respect. And, and, and diverse, uh, diverse. Like, yeah, and diversity is just crazy. yeah diverse. Diverse playing, just anything you want to oh, put your you. hands on. Now, what are you, what are you doing over at the um, the jazz school over here? Are you doing clinics? Is that mainly? Or are you teaching? Uh, no, I've done some, but uh, uh, teaching classes. Um, the conservatory part of that, um, 
I usually lead an ensemble and teach private lessons. But right now, ensembles are, you know, not happening as far as playing together right, live. Right. So I, they switch me to three duo classes where I play with the cellist as one of my students, a drummer as one of my students, and uh, vibes players. Oh, nice. Students. So it's teaching improv, how to interact, the dialogue, you know, and we do some duo playing via a program called Jamulus, which allows you to play together, you know, with a very oh, slight that, delay. Oh, was, I heard about that. I think Billy was telling about that. We're you great. could be like in another country and, it, and it's well, supposed to... Well, there's a distance thing. Oh, it is? Okay. You, you, there may be some programs that have mastered that, but this particular one is great for up to 500 miles. So L.A., no problem. New York, you... The farther you, you get away, there's a delay. There's a delay. <clears throat> so, and these students are all here that I have that I'm using. So that's it works great. Mm. But uh, so I'm doing that for the conservatory. Um, <clears throat> the jazz school itself starts next week, and nice. I'm teaching an, an arranging class and an accompaniment comping class, Sweet. and I change that every literally every quarter to something different i've taught right, you might 40 see me in there plus classes there because you I might just, see me there in there right yeah. it's just yeah, i yeah, love really. it i love you know the interacting with people and it's 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 awesome and so that's a full-on class but that's regular old zoom oh know? that's yeah and it works yeah. great you know we can't play together but that's okay one at a time they play we talk about it listen and mm-hmm. i demonstrate and yada yada so that works great uh and then you see berkeley i have an ensemble but, oh, nice. but I brainstormed the idea, well, everybody's doing it, where we're going to create videos, you know, one at a time kind of stuff. Right. And so what we're doing right now, I, I said, everyone in the class is now a composer, period, wow. Every, literally. I don't accept no for an answer, you know. Right. So, And the, we've only had a couple classes. In the first class, I, you know, brought something and showed them what I wanted. I sent them a track with everything. And then a track without drums. Well, there's no drummer in the class right now, but uh, to the bass player, no bass. To the guitar player, no guitar. Right, to the horn right. player, no melody. Okay. All that kind of stuff. And, they gotta, and then uh, you'll create your part and add lib to it, yada, yada. And then we're not using that. I said, I don't want to use my stuff. You guys write. Wow. A couple I've had before, these students, and the piano player in particular is just brilliant. You know, He'd never written a song maybe two years ago, and we started working together privately. And almost immediately, he was writing better than I'm writing. <laughs> like, uh, yes, yeah, there's some brilliant. Just brilliant, you know? Yeah. So he's already submitted a, a song for next week. Uh, and anyway, so that's what I'm doing there, that kind of a thing for a, an ensemble. That is amazing. Now, now who are the, who are the um, piano players that you personally admire? I'm sure it's a hard one. There's, there's a long list, yeah, I imagine. It's tough. Uh, I mean, the, the, the big three growing up musically were... Herbie Hancock, McCoy yeah. Tyner, and Chick Corea. So that's yes. kind of a generic answer because they're still, even you know, in their late seventies. Herbie's eighty, and I still—is he eighty? He's eighty. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. He looks great. He's, he's eighty, still playing like he's twenty. He's just crazy, oh, you know. I got to play with him a few times. I heard like, about. I heard that on the thing, yeah. and I was so. What, how did that come about? That's one of my favorite guys. Well, the, the first time I played on a record of his because Narda was producing and, you know, we're doing the pop thing, and so anyone can play keyboard parts for some of those things, you know. Right. So, you know, but, so that's how I first met him and got to hang a bit. I remember getting my Oberheim, new Oberheim synth. I was so excited, and he was at this at the Automat where there were, like, four studios. One was his, you know. Right. David Rubinson was his manager at the time, and so I said, Herbie, check it out. I got the new Oberheim. He's going, oh, that's great, yeah. 
come in the what? So I go down the hall to his studio. We open the door, and it's just like it's a music store. You know, what? Four mini Moogs together hooked up before MIDI. Oh hooked up God. playing together. He says, "Step on that button." I said, "Okay." Everything starts to play, and that's again before you know before all the stuff that anybody can do. Right. Oh. And I'm just. Oh, so I got to hang, and he had check out my piano. So I played his piano. I was going, oh my God, the best Rhodes I ever played in my life. You know, so he custom. was humble. He wasn't going. That's not how you play. Or you know, he could have just done. He, no, 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 no. He was just cool. You know. So that was the first interaction I really had with him. And then I played with him on the afternoon show. I did a TV show in San Francisco yeah, for two years where we band. were like a Letterman band quartet. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was telling Simon. And we backed up whoever. You know. And one of the shows uh, was Herbie. He came on to promote Round Midnight, the music score he did for that incredible film. Yeah. Wow. And so I wrote out Chan's song the night before since I found out, and something else, I forget. And he walked into rehearsal and we're playing Chan's song. And he says, you guys know Chan's song? He, he jumps on the piano, I get back on the synth, you know, and we played that, you know, and then, and I says, this is great, he says, but, I think we should probably just do rhythm name, monks rhythm name, just rhythm changes and da 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 and then oh, he did a Sting show, and so he played piano on Beatles tunes. We did a Beatles tribute, and oh, I wrote out charts insane. for him, you know, and just, you know, had chart stuff, to, you know. Now, did he play the chart, or did he do his own thing? He did his own thing, but he played the chart to yeah, match yeah. what we are doing. I played Hammond organ, and, and Philippe Sace, a great keyboard oh, yeah. player, was on yeah, synth. Yeah, that guy, he's amazing. And so, you know, comping for Herbie, good Lord, that was just heaven, you know. <laughs> just and same same thing. All I needed to do sometimes is that one note that you talked about. Right. And, you know, I had to make sure is this too much, you know? Because <laughs> I wanna make <laughs> sure this is Herbie, you know? Right. And but to play with him. But he yeah. played the Beatles tunes, you know, the correct correctness of them, but right. he put his spin on it. It was like, wait, can we stop? What was that? You know, <laughs> you know it's just uh, and he again, humble not not trying to outplay it's just i found the best players this, there's no ego right. when they can easily just squash it like right. an ant right they don't do it they yeah. just they're there to they're have the, fun well they're about the music yeah. right joy de francesco imagine playing with him it's like yeah. what do you do and he was the one invited i was producing a record and a, a for a singer i was producing a karen blixt and uh and invited him to play and it was Buddy Montgomery, the great vibes player, you know, uh, uh, Wes Montgomery's brother, you know, who passed away six, seven, eight Jeez. years, whatever it was. Uh, and so we did some stuff, and I was showing him a tune I wanted to do, and he says, this sounds great. Let, can we have, let's have piano on this. And I'm going, I <laughs> So, and it was great. So I, we played together on a few things, you know. It was uh. awesome. And, uh, and similarly, he just approached everything with a smile, never check this out you know or you know i'm much better than you'll ever dream of it no it's never that yeah, it's just yeah. yeah yeah you know yeah yeah 
that's the, I mean, that's the beauty of, of yeah. the language that we all take part in. Yeah. It's the yeah. that you go out the door. Yeah. yeah. Let's have but some you did fun. your homework too. It could have been a could well, have been a different story. <laughs> if, if you it have Frank Martin showing to up. know your you know your your basic stuff. But, you know, being prepared, like you say, you're always yeah. prepared. Well, there's, you know, guys on that level, um, you know, I mean, Joey is just hands of just so freaking fast. Crazy. Uh, crazy fast. And just to think on that level that oh quickly. But I was, you know, one of the things that I remember was hearing an interview with Mary McPartland and Bill Evans. Ah, Did you ever remember that? And ah. it was like. And so she wanted him to give an example because he mentioned something about um, kind of displacement of his rhythms. And so he starts going, and it's insane, yeah. of course, Bill Evans. And she tries to step in, and then she just goes, okay, screw this. Because yeah. right? I think he went through like seven keys, and he's just like, and he just, just warped everyone's mind. And she tried to step on it, but she realized... Uh, no, he's doing something. And she kind of laughed, and she goes, "What the heck?" And she and I, she had balls, you know. She was really ballsy. She would play with anyone. She didn't care. She would step I, to anybody. The Herbie one was great. Did you ever hear that one? I haven't heard that one. She called him out on a sus chord. And when they're playing. He says, "That sus chord, you, you sure use that a lot, you know?" <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, I guess I do, you know." But she had balls. You're right. She, sure had balls, she was man. fearless, and she could hang with anyone. She you know, could. She had the way she played, but it, none of them tried to outdo her, and no. vice versa. Yeah, but she she'd go toe to toe with you. you oh know? my god, she would not care. And I, I mean, you have someone like Bill Evans. I would just kind of go, clinic. This is a clinic. I'm just. Kidding. She's like, no, let's go. You yeah. know, did balls for days. Yeah. And Bill would say, yeah, let's play. <laughs> Again, this, that's the beauty of somebody like a Bill Evans, you know, who he, was yeah. so prepared. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. he would. There were times when he would stay home for a year and just, I'm, I, I need to practice. I need to get my when stuff together, my touch. I need my voices. I need to get this so it's way better. And, that, and then at some point, he realized he was ready or whatever. I met him once, and, and he he was doing a solo concert at the Great American Music Hall, opening wow. for, not really opening for, staggering with, I guess, more than that, McCoy Tyner. You know, McCoy. They're, they're both equal. Um, but uh, I went up to him because I saw him. He came up, I don't know if you remember the Great American Music Hall, he came up yeah. from downstairs and just stood at the top watching McCoy because he wanted to watch McCoy like every, all the other fans, you know. Yeah. And I, I said, this is my opportunity. So I walked over to him and said, oh, oh Mr. Bill. You know, and, and uh, you know, just said, you know, you just play beautifully again, yada, yada. And he immediately has that dark thing. And he went to, nah, I, I just didn't play well tonight. I don't, I don't like the piano. And I you know, just immediately. The level of excellence that he expected. Yeah, he was down on himself. And I said, I know I played that piano, and it's not the best piano. It's a Baldwin. And then uh, McCoy brought it in his own Steinway because he didn't want to play it. And wow. so he had some fun on his Steinway. And Bill still sounded great. Yeah. But you know how it is when you have an instrument that just, it's like butter, it just speaks, yeah. you know? And that's mm. what that Steinway was like and the bolt it wasn't. It was, but still. Yeah. Was, but he always had that, unfortunately, dark side which got him in trouble with the drugs. And all yeah, that. yeah. I mean, so many, uh, so many of our jazz masters got hooked on it. I think, you know, yeah. one of the interesting things, I had a conversation with a young up-and-coming saxophone player, and he was saying that um, he was thinking about doing smack because he thought that's how they achieved that greatness. And I was thinking, there are so many of those guys who are just brilliant without it. 
you know. And they, but they, these guys lived really short lives, you know. They would, they would go in there and, and they'd be smacked out, but you'd never miss a note, you know. It would yeah. be just unreal. That, that list so, is long. A lot of guys, is. and so you assume there's the answer, you know. A drummer, good friend of mine, that unfortunately it, it got to him, mm-hmm. had that thought that I, I need to be doing smack to, to be you know, loose and in the zone and fluid and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And you do get loose and all that, you know, but it's a falsity, you know. It, it only it's, lasts for yeah, a while, you illusion. know. Yeah. And anyone can drink a beer, get a little more relaxed. And so I, I get that, you know, kind of calms and jitters, you know. Mm-hmm. But smack is a whole nother thing, you know, or 20 beers, you know. Yeah. And so <laughs> there's a level, you know. Right. But you're mm-hmm. right. There, there are people that have that. That's, you have to pick and choose your... You know, your idols and what their <laughs> lifestyle was like and, right. and you know s- separate the two you know because Absolutely. you know just judge them on what they do you know it's, yeah. it's, it's sometimes painful to listen to lady day singing because she's so smacked out and, you know oh yeah yeah you know billy oh. holidays and she was phenomenal but at right. times you get to see she was just any second right oh, right in like, charlie parker you like, know yeah. same thing you know now see. now i was I was going to ask you some of the musicians. I think it was um, what was it? we had um, the trombone player Mike Rinta. We had Mike Rinta, and he was talking about how important it is to be like kind of just allow yourself to be in the in the present in the zone. Um, how much of that is is in your playing? Because sometimes you're playing with in, insane musicians. You're playing very cerebral stuff, and it's not something you can just sit there and calculate. You have to kind of let yourself go and have the now, how much of that is uh, something that you take on in your playing? Well, you got to be in the zone. I mean, uh, you know, t- to me, the zone is being confident and relaxed and I don't want to say fearless, but pretty much or, you know, ready for what comes your way and and excited about it. I mean, there's something about being in that space. And I'm not there all the time for sure, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and I try to get there you know mm-hmm. breathe relax listen have fun no matter who you're playing with you know right. you know i've had to play in front of george duke and you know, <laughs> i mean you name it that uh, there they are we're right there you know little richard right there you know i'm playing rock and roll in front of little richard you know you have to just go okay right. back to the zone right. who's got the zone you know and so you know, you can be intimidated on so many levels, you know, right. and I have, and it has not served me well when I right. let that come in. Yeah. And so I've learned, if not now, when? Let go of that. Yeah. Have some fun. Yeah. And they're going to have fun because they're not here for the most part, you know, to trounce on you. They're here to support. So when you're playing really challenging stuff, uh, that's, again, you got to be prepared on some level. Do your homework. Right. You know, I, I've I've been out there swimming in the water and without a life jacket, and it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. You know, and all of a sudden, so. okay, where's one? <laughs> what song are we doing again? Right. Is, yeah. is this in seven or five? What is? It? <laughs> oh God, help me! You know, and yeah. so you just you let go, and for whatever reason, at that moment, everything just falls back into place again. It's such a special place. It it's it is. And when you are place. there, oh my God, it's that's that's the drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the, the thing yeah. that you want more of, you know. Euphoria. And, and there so yeah, you got you gotta find the zone and and then allow others to find their zone by being supportive. We're rhythm section players and right. so our job, one of which is to 
make them comfortable create an environment so they can find their zone and whatever exactly. they do is like yeah incredible <laughs> and you know when somebody comes up and compliments them i always take that oh, as a compliment uh, yeah. too because right. yeah we did our job right. you know mm-hmm. and because uh, we could easily make them not sound so good that's true and and i i love the the example you're using is it's, it's a conversation you yeah. know and so I remember, like, you know, we playing with someone like Billy who I've been playing with for years, and he's such a musical drummer, and he'll do, like, a little something, and, or he'll be tapping onto something that you're doing in your solo. He's got a hand always connected yeah. to something, you know? And um, when you play with really great players like that, it's just a, it's a joy. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it just you just grow and learn more about your own instrument. Yeah, yeah. we are lucky. We're talking about all these name people, but we are so lucky that right here... There's pretty incredible people. Mecca, you know, there's yeah. some keyboard players here that are like, oh my God, you know, yeah. drummers and bass players, and yeah. they're all here. Yeah. yeah. They just don't maybe have the name that Herbie has or, or Tony Williams or whatever, you know. Right. But they have their thing that is just as deep and just as valid, yeah. you know. And right. so, you know, we're lucky. Like you said, a Billy, you know, who has he not played with and made <laughs> them sound good? He's great. He's you know? such a great drummer. Yeah. He's disciplined. He's just school. The first time I heard Billy play, I was on tour with Narda, Mike Walden, and we were in Philadelphia mm-hmm. opening for Patti LaBelle for a week straight wow. at some theater. And he was the drummer. Sure. You right. know? And I just, you know, I met him for the first time. We didn't really hang much. I just met him, you know, and, and I was like blown away at how well he played while well, he's going, Narda Mike Walden. <laughs> You know, because at that time, Nardo was, you know, we're yeah. doing fusion mixed with R&B. It's like right. the crowd sometimes loved us and sometimes said, what the heck is this? You know, <laughs> I should have loved you. Yeah. You know, we go into Sonic Stancy and it's like, right. Yeah, yeah. Twist their brains a little bit. Yeah. You know, so, but I remember that week meeting him and I was thrilled when he moved out here. And uh, I don't know how long after he was out here, but it couldn't have been too long. Like we connected and started playing the Kanzaki Lounge, you know, and. And before that, and that did that for years, and I still haven't played for a while. But right. every time I play with him, it's magic. He just has ears and experience. He can play any kind of a groove. Yes. You know? And that yeah. list is long. And I just Billy, and I love him. Remember Joel Smith? I'm sure real well. Very much. How about so. an unsung hero there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. he could play keyboards. He could play guitar. Yeah. But he's known for bass player slash drummer. He could sing. Yeah. I mean, it was just he could guide the background singers the hawkins family choir i remember right. doing a session and he's telling them what to sing and i'm yeah. just going no take it my friend you know, i'm the producer but no here you go you know? and he just he was a, a freak among freaks and zero minus zero, zero ego. ego no ego right. you know yeah. how lucky were we to have him here all those yeah. years we're going to do a show on him uh just just um you know and if you want to come and I'd talk we, yeah we'd love to get anyone who's that played with him Really wonderful. I've got great now, stories. Um, great yeah, stories. Yeah, I I got to play with him one time in um, in San Francisco at the a club called the Matrix, and it was a DJ, myself on keyboards and him on bass, and he were just playing along with whatever he threw at us, and he threw out some of the most ridiculous bass solos I've ever heard in my <laughs> life, and he's just sitting there chewing gum and he's you know kind of laying back and killing it, yeah. and I go yeah. oh, I got a solo after that like, what the hell and, you know I did my thing but boy was he he just had it 
I would something. produce records where I'd hire him to be the drummer and the bass player because he do both. He, he, no one played better with him than him, you know. <laughs> I got right. one one little story I remember. Oh, it's too many. Which one should I pick? Uh, uh, one time, doing a session at an artist studio. I don't remember who it was for. Doesn't matter. But he was coming in to play bass, and he hadn't, you know, heard the song yet at all. And we just said, you know, let's try something. Let's roll tape. Just play. Mm. with the track he'd never heard. Mm. And he played it like he'd rehearsed it for a month. Yeah, He was like, because Kill. he's a drummer, he could kind of pause before he would figure out, okay, what's the note? Oh, okay. You know, and all of a sudden now he knows where he is. He can hear the pitches because mm -hmm. his ears were crazy. Right. And pop music in general has things that are similar so he right. could, he would recognize something and go with that and then and his notes were not always the exact bass note of the chord but the note fit the chord perfectly so <laughs> it, it didn't matter it's like oh, i would not have thought to play that but of course it works you know right. but anyway i remember that really well and there are uh, other things like that but oh, he just yeah. his ears good god did you ever get to work with, we've mentioned on many of the shows, Bill Bell, did you ever get a chance to work with him at all? Yeah, I, yeah, he was, he yeah, was I crazy. did a record for Molly Holm, local singer, 15, whatever, years ago, and, uh, you know, Bill is like one of the favorite pianists of all singers, because you couldn't accompany a singer better than Bill Bell. He was just crazy great. Yeah. And so I was producing the record, and we called him to play on a couple tunes, you know, a blues and a ballad. And again, the most humble genius you could ever know. As far as playing together, we never did that, but working with him in that context. And then when I did that record that I mentioned with Buddy Montgomery, the vibes player, you know, right. uh, I, I, the way I get a lot of these celebrities, their stars to play on these records is go to their gig. Say, hey, how's it going? Hey, what's going? You sound great, great. Would you do a session for me, please? And 99% um, of the time, they say, yeah. You know, and but I, I didn't know how to approach this guy. And Bill Bell was the pianist that night. And I told him, I want to get him on a record, you know. And he says, No problem. Come, come on up, you know. <laughs> says, buddy, this is Frank. He's my good buddy. He will take care of you. You're going to love it. You're going to have a ball. Record with him. He says, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so I, I deal. humbly. You know, thank yeah. Bill Bell for that, because then that meant I got to record with Buddy Montgomery, all because of Bill Bell. You know, yeah. so I, I, and there are so many stories from Will Kennedy stories about him. Everybody studied with this guy in school. He was a genius. Yeah, yeah, he sure was. I, I didn't, I was playing in a little, little hole in the wall, and he walked by, and and I didn't recognize him, and he just goes, "My name is Bill Bell," and he's like. Would you ever be interested in taking some instruction? He goes, "I like what you're doing, but oh, I could great. really." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know." And I awesome. never called his number. Wow. I wish to this day. I wish I had done it. He gave me his number, and it was. He, but he said, "You know, you got some great ideas." Yeah. But he says, "I want to open you up," and he was just such a gracious guy. It wasn't yeah. like he wasn't insulting me. He was just saying, no, "You, I, 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 you know, a lot too. You just going down hearing people at Guitar Center, and you make, you know, you sound good, man. But if you ever need some help, you know, I, I right. That's how teachers yeah. are. They hear mm -hmm. it's like, wow." 
I could really help him, but you got to approach it in a way to where it's not. Like he he was very gracious. It, I didn't yeah. feel like it was an insult. He just no. he you know he really said, "Hey, you got some mm-hmm. great ideas." Did you but know who he was at the time? Or no? I didn't know who he was at the right. time until like kind of later on. And people, are, you back. know, when I mentioned, "Oh, this guy Bill, Bill, Bill," you know, they're like, "Oh, hey," no, and I really regretted. You know who call. else was like that? It was Smith Dobson? Do you remember Smith oh, Dobson? Yeah. I, don't, I don't. He remember was a that. piano player yeah. that was just another one of those geniuses. Yeah. yeah, and he, you know, played with everybody from, you know, Bobby Hutchison. Ahead of their time, man. Oh, man, he Dale was just amazing. He could yeah. sing. He played with Cold Blood, playing oh, organ and roads and singing, but he also did the straight-ahead thing. He worked at a club in San Jose. He worked for many years called Garden City, right. where it was a trio. Right. Yeah. And uh, anyway, but he was another one of those guys that, would do that and uh the keyboard player in artist camp now same thing smith heard him play and said you sound great you know but you could use some help you know and mm-hmm. and uh, and he says okay and uh, but he says i just don't have any money he says did i say anything about money right he right. studied with him f- for free for quite a while and learned some really cool stuff you know That's but it. it all started from a bill bell approach of just Reaching out and helping somebody, and that comes back. It does. It comes it does. back. You know, you know so. it's a ripple. You know, you, you it's a ripple effect. You know, the stuff that I learned, I'm going to pass it on to someone else. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the way we did things. You know, um, there, you know, you look at the kind of the history of music, and you look at um, in the hood, they didn't really have lessons. You just, you know, you sat there right. and you know, you sat there and watched their hands, and they would just get, oh, this is what I'm doing. You know, and the you know right? The needle, yeah. learning off the records. You know. Um, there wasn't like any real formal training, um, and you look at some of these church players. Oh, God. It's just it's ridiculous. You, you know, he's he was involved with that whole thing, the gospel chops, and these little kids, like sixteen years old, just and uh, you walk up and you go, "What is that you're playing?" I have no clue. I don't know what a yeah, G seven yeah. is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything about modes. I don't. They could just play, and it's phenomenal. And they're some of the best musicians on the planet. Well, that there and his the real truth about music it's not what's written down as great as it is to, to archive yeah what we all play right you know but it's not about music it's not about that it's about listening and dancing and singing and combining all of that and joel smith again another one of those you know yeah. the yeah. first time we got together to, he was going to be in my band at the Kentucky Lounge, uh, and we had been doing gospel records uh, at this church in uh, Union City, mm-hmm. and you know I was blown away at this guy he played bass and drums. Like, oh my God! So I said, Would you want to play in my fusion band at the Kentucky Lounge? Because I need a bass player. <laughs> he says, Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, cool. So let's get together tomorrow night and rehearse the gigs the next night. I said, Great. And I said, My music, like, you know, got me crazy. My charts, and they're not easy stuff, you know. Yeah. Even a band that had been doing it for years had their books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I can only imagine. So I pull out, just, you know, you know, and he looks at it and goes, uh, I don't read music. And I'm going internally, Oh, crap. <laughs> the gig's tomorrow. How am I going to do this? Right. You know? And then he said, no, but don't worry, I'll be, I'll be cool. I said, and I, and I knew how great he was, so I said, okay, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going, oh no. And uh, and sure enough, on the first song, I started to play it, you know, some wacky thing, and he just, you know, okay, mm. got it, you know, and, okay, next, <laughs> okay, got it, next. It's like, wow, what? You know, Years for days. And so we go to the gig that night, 
And none of these guys knew who Joel Smith was, you know, like, who was this guy, you know, and Vicky Randall, I think, was the percussionist singer at the time, and Steph Burns, and, Steph Burns. you know, this, this was, a, it was a good band. And, uh, and we started playing, and, and no, no music, and everybody's going, where's his charts? And I said, don't worry about it, you know. <laughs> and he played flawlessly. Wow. All my stuff. All night, and they're just going, how is this possible? You know, they could not believe it because of the unique way the gospel players learn music. You listen, you absorb right. it, absorb and it. you apply it. Mm -hmm. What's the big deal? <laughs> it's like it makes me go, why wasn't I raised in a Baptist <laughs> church? <laughs> Damn, if I could have chosen it. You know, I had a, you know, Catholic church was nice, and a little folk music, whatever it was there, <laughs> wow. was nice. But oh, it's a little different, you know. <laughs> right. And oh my God, to this day, if I could come back, you know, I'd come back as a gospel guy <laughs> to do it all again. Because then you really learn the music to me in a much deeper way than having the charts. Yeah. That having been said, to have the skills to read music and have that language allows me to do the Sting gig and stuff like yeah. that, Absolutely. and others. It's that want to do studio work or whatever that requires reading. There right, are, of course, right. lots of studio things that don't, you just have to hear it, you know? Yeah. But but still, that uh, there's something about the way the gospel players, well, what's his name? Uh, the keyboard player, uh, freeway recording. Uh, uh, oh, Carl. Carl. Yeah. <sighs> Here's another one of those guys yeah. that just blew me away. And he would come to me and ask for lessons, you know, and I would always say, go away. <laughs> <laughs> I can't need lessons from yeah, me. Exactly. You can watch me and you know, talk about it, but you know, come on. <laughs> and, no, no, really. No. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then I, because I, that same gospel church in San Jose is where I met him. Mm -hmm. He would come down there and they rehearsed the night before a ten-song live recording session with a full choir, having no knowledge of the song. Yeah, None. No. It's... And they would come in and they throw it together, and I'd watch because I wanted to see how do you guys do this. And Joel was playing drums. Um. And uh, Jubu, you know, guitar player. Oh, I was like, God. good God, who's yeah. this? who are these people? You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, bass player from, yeah. from Sacramento. I was like, God. And they just, Carl would just play this stuff just from not knowing, again, what a G7 is. And I, I don't know, I just play, you know, and, you know, and would just play the hippest jazz stuff I'd ever seen. Yep. But right in the right, in the right spot. Pocket. Right. Pocket. Just like. God, what a gruel. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe he didn't have the Chick Corea fast, you know, soloing lines. But that's not music. That's great. That it that is. can play a part. Right. But he just made the music feel good, yeah. as did the rest of the quartet. Mm -hmm. And then they'd go home and sleep, and they'd remember everything they rehearsed. It was intricate endings, intros. Come and nail it. Same and way. come in the next day and nail it. And I'd listen to the recording because the church was downstairs and the booth was upstairs. And just to hear what they're playing, and wow. they don't make mistakes. They modify things. I didn't, know that, things. I didn't know that you had that, that connection with the gospel. Well, it's just one of those things. I'm not a gospel player, but no, I just. But I mean, I, but you had, I mean, you were, I, I thought Joel, I thought you guys knew Joel through jazz and fusion. I didn't yeah. know that you were working with the Hawkins. No, I, no. I didn't know the Hawkins, but there was at this church. I don't even know. We did a zillion records. And this, the keyboard player, Aaron Lopez, um, his father runs the church and it's a family thing, yeah, yada, yeah. yada. And so he came to me for lessons 
on a fluke. I don't know where he got my name, number. I don't have a clue, but I right. gave him some lessons. And, sure. and then he said, you know, would you ever be interested in co-producing a record with me? I've never produced anything, but I got an offer to produce this woman, forget her name, but this woman's record. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm doing. I said, sure, I don't know what I'm doing either, but, you know, we could <laughs> equally together. know not nothing to make it, it work. And so we did that. And uh, and we recorded at this studio called Live Oak in Berkeley, mm. you know, and uh, and Haney, Sherry Haney, that was her name, and that was a good record. I got Mark Russo to come and do a solo on it, and yada yada. It was mm. you know, and Joel of course did everything, and so that's how that came to be. Then he said, "Well, I've got this church. Would you want to co-produce this?" And then we did a zillion of them, and that's yeah. how I met again working with Joel. Just like right. God, you know, even though it was harmonically the stuff we were doing was not that deep you know it was, it was good but it wasn't like Carl Wheeler's you know crazy stuff uh, but still really good stuff and so that was my connection to him you know it's just right. through that church you know just through Aaron you know yeah, yeah. I got luck yeah. of the draw so hey. let me ask you uh, did you have a question I was just going to ask I, I one of the things that um, I, we just had Sylvester Burke um, oh, yeah. on here and he's great, you know, what a character. Yeah. And and the jazz stuff, there's a correlation between jazz and some of the new gospel, but there is a different, it's a different animal um, that I haven't seen, the voicings in the new gospel music. Um, this, You know, it's kind of like connected to the hymnals. They have the way that they kind of roll through there. But one of the things I noticed is that they would replace the root with the third of the chord, which is like this thing, and he was showing me how you could just do this all over the place, and it sounded so majestic, you know. Yeah. Again, um, and just trying to, I just, so I just sat there and practiced, just doing chords, you know, inversions, but always finding the thirds of every single, and you're like, wow, this is a whole new realm. I, you know, I didn't even know about. Um, but it is a different animal. It's just, you know, and but the thinking, and as you said, there's no training. It's just kind of like, I just stole this lick over here from this guy over here, and they just do it. Um, but. Uh, that says, you know, that being said, there's so much we don't know. Yeah. We're always learning. And, you know, I think we'll, we'll, all, we'll all die being students, you know. We'll all go, that, you know. That's the good news. That's the beautiful it? thing. It doesn't yeah. get boring because we're just going to keep I going. I tell students that all the time. That, you know, the, the good news is, you know, you hardly know anything, you know. <laughs> what do you mean the good news? The students. bad news is, yeah, I mean, you hardly know anything. But the good news is you hardly know anything. And so it's like right. you have to get that into your psychic that, that's the beauty of you get to the top of the mountain and then crap, there's another mountain. It's there's hard. so many more mountains. And it never ends. <laughs> and it's it's frightening, especially for a beginner, because well, how am I ever gonna learn all this stuff? And you have to just learn one thing, learn your C triad. Now you got something. Right. With the third in the bass. Listen to how that sounds. Isn't right. that cool? Right. Yeah. Well, how about mm. the fifth? Whoa. <laughs> exactly. You know, you can do that, it's still a C. Right. If you treat every little detail like that, like oh, like a little child wonder of it all, right. you know, and that's what I know you do and you do, and yeah. I certainly do that too. Yeah. I can't, wow, what was that? You know, and you exactly. get all excited about it and watch YouTube and go, whoa, you know, Gonzalo Rubicaba, the way he played that, so <laughs> much different than the way, you know, whoever so played it, you know. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, uh, it's, but it's amazing too, like when, when we're teaching you know, we're supposed to be the teacher and everything, but man, I found that I was getting taught. Oh yeah, that's the best part of teaching. Yeah. And matter of yeah. fact, it's so funny that you guys were talking about Herbie, and I know you know Justin Brown, mm. 
And, you know, this is a kid I worked with with two years, and then all of a sudden, you know, what, a year and a half ago, he's trading chairs with Vinny Cagliuta playing for Herbie Hancock. Wow. And yeah, there's some people just that. It's just amazing. And I, I saw, I saw, I remember judging him in the drum off, and I was kind of like, you know, hey, man, you're so great, but do you know about this stuff? Do you know about it? No, I don't know nothing about it. Well, show up at my house. Yeah. Well, what, what do you, mom's Nona, you know, Nona Brown. She's well accomplished herself, and you know, bringing him over to my house, and just like, man, this kid is like a beast. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's amazing, and that's what kind of opened my eyes to the church. And I mm-hmm. started meeting a lot of these kids. And David Jackson, fourteen years old, I was playing in the gospel. Uh, went to Acts. Uh, what is it? Acts. Uh, full, full, full Acts. Full. You know. I'm not it sure was David Jackson, his father, he runs the church and everything, but Acts Full Gospel Church, my God. Oh, but okay. anyways, man, these kids were ripping, and we went in and played a show, and, you know, here comes David Jackson <laughs> playing, the, bumps the guy off the organ, and then he goes and gets on the drums, and I just put my cymbals down and sat, and everybody, the band went home. I said, yeah. you guys go wherever you want. I'm going to watch it. These kids just came in and jammed after just went the out. service. Right. And we're just like musical chairs and playing every instrument. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah, it's just something. Whoa. Yeah. yeah it's pretty exciting. So it was yeah. great because I gave him the old school things that he just never was taught. I run into that all the time. And I was learning all the new hip little things that they were all learning. So yeah. It was just great. I'm telling you, that's. As teachers, we all run into that, and I, I definitely do at the college level. You know, I have students that come in that want have to take private lessons, you know, and they come in, and I just listen to them play. And you have to find, well, they do that way better than I can do. What the heck was that? But at the same time, you've got to go, how can I help this person? What, right. what, are, what, What's their what are their weaknesses? You know, right. What are they not right. seeing? Mm-hmm. And so you find that, and that's the fun of teaching. Because yeah. exactly. you're right, we learn way more than they'll ever learn. <laughs> but but our job is to find how can we help them. You know, otherwise, right. what's the point? You know. I think I think you know the thing we were talking about earlier on in this interview about the space and uh, some of the stuff I learned from some of my simple, you know, the beginning students was just the simplicity yeah. of what they were doing. And I'm so you know, like well, I'm going to go and do this nice 13 chord and like. They just did this beautiful little triad that was just perfect and poignant. And it kind of drew me back to like where I was and saying, well, you know, use what is works for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn so much from those kids. It's a, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. The quest, yeah. the quest for space, you know, quest for space. and it's easy to forget because <laughs> we, we learned a new trick. We want to use it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Wait a yeah. minute. Yeah. No, exactly. This is not the time. <laughs> We're playing Misty here. Chill, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first dance of the wedding. Maybe don't go into thirteen here. It might right. be, it's cool, but maybe not here. You know, exactly. So yeah, yeah I mean, as a, as a drummer, you know, being at rehearsals, it, it's weird when when a cat comes in and like plays a song with different voices, and it doesn't enhance the song. It actually takes away from it because they didn't come anywhere close to the to it, you know. And then they come in and start trying to put all this stuff, and it's like. Bro, can you just play it kind of like more? Like I don't know, I can't explain it to you, but yeah. that's not what I'm. That's not the chord. I mean, yeah, it's got to feel right. It's yeah, got to feel and, right. You know, sometimes it's like people want to put. You know, it, it takes out of context. You know, you, a good player will put the right chord 
in the right situation, no matter if yeah. it's complex or a Yeah, that's the time and a place the for that. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. a singer might come in and say, you know, I don't want it to sound at all like the original. Can you right. twist it? Yeah, in that environment, yeah. then that student yeah, is right. You, but when yeah. you get sit in on Misty or whatever, you play the tune. Right. Exactly. You don't right. try to throw all your cool stuff in where everybody's going, what? You know, right. Losing the vibe. The song, right? right. As well, at the right. same time, still maintaining a bit of your own identity, right? Because yeah. you don't want to just be like, okay, well, I'm a train monkey, you know, but you're like, I want to put a little stank, a little Simon on there, a little, you know, but not, you know, totally destroy the whole context of the song. That's the beauty of a Herbie or somebody like that who can do that at such a high level, can still keep the integrity. But when it's time, it's like, damn. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, that is so incredible. And it's still, why does that still fit? Because of space, listening to the environment, and just, you know, making it work. So I I totally agree. You don't want to be a robot. You want to put your your stuff in there. But there's a time and a place, if you're in an environment where you have to not necessarily be a robot, play parts. Exactly. You got to play what works, you know, and that one note on the organ, that's all that's needed. I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that, you know, one of the records I think all piano players should study is possibilities. Mm. Um, and, and one of the reasons is because it's so accessible, you know, you yeah. hear it, it's, he's playing over some very simple changes, but he's not playing over, you know, he's doing some ridiculous shit, you know, over, you know, very simple stuff. So it's like, uh, I was thinking that what's the song he does with Paul Simon? Uh, there's that. Did you ever get a chance to play any of those songs? Have you ever just like, toyed around with it because I'm, I'm trying to think what that song is oh, it's uh, something I, about um, I, I pushed, for your love or something like that it's I a, played uh, it's a walking on the moon or whatever it is the the sting tone that, oh, the, that yeah, Herbie yeah. played you know, and I've done that arrangement phenomenal and that's phenomenal dun, the bass line dun, 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 dun. it's like I remember if you see the, the video yeah. Herbie had trouble counting out you hear him he's like I'm not hearing this. <laughs> it, was a, it was a guitar player's idea. It was his, yeah, his line. That, that African. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 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 I was sitting there trying to count. I'm like, what the heck is this? It, it's, it's, a, it's complex, but it's simple in its own way. You got to find it. Right. I was like, what, what is that? It's like, what? And the first time I heard it, same thing. It's like, right. There's, there's one. No, there's a one. No, there's I'll take one, that one. Exactly. No, it's just in one. That's much easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful record. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, now, you have to be probably one of our most decorated um, guests so far, and we are such, you know, we are just pleased that you took the time to come and hang out with yeah. us, man. Um, I know you live across the street and everything, but we'll pay for your cab fee- fees. Yeah, I appreciate that. Wow. <laughs> Finally make some money yeah. around here. Yeah, we'll I just it. moved, by the way, to we'll France. We'll push you across the street. We'll push you back across the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah I have such a busy schedule that I can't believe I could fit this in with all the gigs I'm doing, one after know, another. Know. You know? Well, well, wait, you know. Was that Sting calling? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little busy. Another interview. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, the... Um, you know, where do you think, uh, you know, music is going right now in the means of with COVID? I mean, it's it's really like non-existent. The business is kind of just taking a huge hit, but um, obviously teaching. But, you know, have you do you have any other ideas or pointers for young musicians who are trying to kind of find it out there? Is it kind of reinvented? Well, uh, I'm not sure how to answer that other than you you find a way in a in the environment you're in. This COVID thing, as awful as it is, 
has been for many of us a blessing, not financially, you know, but just in a way to be more introspective and sure. look at, well, what do I really want to do? You know, mm-hmm. I'm not doing really anything right now in general. What do I want to mm-hmm. do? What, what can I work on to get better? Because this right. is going to end at some point. And do I want to just pick up from where I left off? Or do I want to come back into the game? Blazing. Blazing, you know, like uh, more on top of it and more aware and more ideas and excited, you know. Yeah. So I think right now you have to find the opportunity in, in this thing, you know, in this pandemic. Find, find a way to make it win-win. And, yeah. and are you composing every day? Right. Well, I'm kind of busy, really. Right. Well, uh, you right. know, I sleep in a little more. Whatever, you know. <laughs> this, you, we all have our excuses. Right. You know, what are you working on? You know, do you, are you doing a little bit of classical stuff? Well, I've played all classical. Okay. Are you working on some funk stuff? Or whatever it is, you, yeah. it's a little out of your element. Wow, what a great opportunity for that. Yeah. Then there's everybody, who, and I've done them myself, where you do videos together and you still are playing together, but one at a time, but you create these really cool oh, musical things really cool, and you're yeah. learning new skills about how to use, you know, right. you know, your computer in a different way. You never used it before That's with true. video. That's and true. it's like, what a great that. opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and this is going to pay off later because to just be a piano player is one thing. But there's a lot of piano players out there. But if you have other skills, do you know how to work with video? Right. Do you know how to put music to video? Do you know how to you know, collaborate with others that way? Can you record yes. at home? Do you really know your software enough where you can do everything all on your own? Right. No? Well, no problem. Exactly. Learn exactly. it. Learn you know? it. Everything is yeah. online. Everything yeah, is beautiful. right there. That's we have son. no excuses. He does. He writes and produces everything, plays all the instruments. These kids are already aware of that because they don't know any better. Yeah. They're so, five and they just watch, you know, Art Tatum play and they just, oh, I guess that's how you do it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what's next? It's like, you know, but there's truth to that. You know, you, you just you go back to that sponge place and watch and listen and learn. And so in today's environment, I think I look at it as an opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that's totally a great way to look awesome. at it. Well, this I is do that, think this it. is how this show came up. Yeah. Really? yeah. It really was. We were like, we got to do something, man. Isn't it great? Because we're now coming together in different ways yes. right. other than just at the gig. Right. right. You know, which is still great. Yeah. But we, a lot of us, I definitely miss missed opportunities to really hang with these people and then go, yeah. hey, let's go out to dinner. What are you doing Tuesday right. night? You know, well, right. I've got, I've got nothing but time. So yeah, right. let's go out to dinner. <laughs> yeah. You have a there's a connection that's happening, and you know, I know I'm doing that with relatives right. I never talk with. Yeah. Oh, you know they're in back in Ohio, but all of a sudden we're having these Zoom big discussions and yeah. celebrations exactly. of birthdays. It's like exactly. wow, you know, and yeah. the connections were for me reconnecting to family and friends right. that I haven't done in so long. Right. Again, that's a a blessing. It is. It is. Yeah. The other side of that is when you got a business like this. You have to be somewhat practical and say, "How do I survive? What do I do?" Yeah, it's, but in that environment, yeah. as hard as it is, I have to think you're learning skills. Okay, I can make this work. I'll find a way. Right. Right. And all of a sudden, you're more prepared when other little things come down the pike in the future. It's like piece of cake. I can do that. It's yeah. We we just call it repurposing, right? You know, okay, I got a space. Um, no one's using it right now. Well, let's let's start creating music and. And you know, of course, the 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 catalyst to this was 
you know, I just love being part of this musical family of the Bay. Yeah. And the musicians here, and it's like we don't we get called to do all these great gigs, but no one really knows who we are, yeah. right? It's like it's just a mecca of musicians. So we were like, hey, we need to like interview all these guys, yeah. all the masters. Yeah. You know, you're definitely one of the Bay legends. Believe, believe it or not, if you believe it or not, but uh, you're a phenomenal player, and we're so honored that you came on. Yeah. Oh, and and we don't want to take too much of your time, but if you um, have yeah, anything well, you want to ask? I just wanted to. I just wanted to say that you know, not only does this guy tour around the world and do great things for a lot of people, but he, he came. He came and played for my father, and my father used to love going to see Frank and. You know, he came and played. I think it was his 85th birthday or something. Yeah, something like that. At at your house or his house. Yeah. And it was just great, man. And a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, certain musicians will be like, oh, you know, it's a house gig. There ain't nobody there. I don't know nobody. No, I don't want to do it. Frank was like, yeah, no problem. I know Randy. I'll do it. Victor called him. I I think Victor called you. Mm -hmm. He reached out. But um, but I said I said man you got to get Frank and he you weren't like I think you had some type of gig you couldn't do it at first and then all of a sudden I said so who did you end up getting like the day of the gig he goes oh yeah Frank can do it I was like what you know, <laughs> it was just great. but you know I mean that was just that was nice you know because yeah my dad always really enjoyed your playing and yeah he's a sweet guy oh man and then he jammed with these guys you know on the vibes and you know did he have the vibes yeah yeah, yeah. he did yeah that's freaking but, awesome man, it was just great you know. And, that, that's this is great and frank's always been a great guy i mean every t- consistent like consistent i mean yeah. i went i had my ups and downs but this guy always hey Rand, how you doing you know <laughs> all right get his ass out <laughs> <laughs> no there is a lot of there is a lot to be we were talking about the business we right. were saying how how important it is to be humble in this business, even though sometimes the people you're working for may not be humble and you know they might be total jerks but you you know, if you could stay humble, this is how you sustain a living in this industry. You know, be so be on time. Right. You know, uh, yeah. all of those things. You know, uh, learn your crap and you know, get your stuff together yeah, and be, respect be prepared. Others, you know. Respect. Yeah. But you know, a lot of these young kids. I mean, the, the, and I'm not. You know, I think there there's some great music coming out, but the the attitudes that I see, like my son, he's 20 years old, and it's all about me, 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 me. Sure. I love him to death, but it's the generation and. We're kind of from an old school generation where we, we really were, you know, like punctual, learn yeah. your stuff, Add you know, manners. have manners, Add some you know, mom and dads, right, slapping you know. that booty. <laughs> you don't, they don't get it no more. <laughs> I think, in all fairness, we probably all, when I can speak for myself, went through some me, me, me periods, you know. No, when yeah. I was oh, of course, of course, right. I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know hardly anything, and so. It was easy to hide behind. All oh, that kind of music is, you know, who cares about that? You know, what right. I'm doing is the cool stuff, you know. Right, right. Only because I didn't really get the beauty of whatever. Take your you pick of all that. Right. that too. And you right. start to learn it. You go, wow, this is equally deep, if not deeper than anything I've, I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm talking about, I'm referring I'm referring more to, like, just the, the mentality of, you know, like, you know, just not only just hip hop, but just the overall culture is just kind of like we have people with cameras on themselves, and it's just yeah, the kind of that. the narcissistic kind of aspect that yeah. you know. And every every generation has their ugly side to it. But I'm saying that um, we just kind of come from a just yeah, a different guild, you know. And and not that we're any better, but we're you know. Um, I've just learned that you know that's how it's kept me working is just being easy to work with and yeah. just you know be, kindness and respect. You know? And on the other side, we know we don't we 
tend to not call people that don't have this, those kind of values, you know, that right. don't respect, you know, showing up to the gig and having a good attitude, learning the music and all that kind of stuff, right. which is the norm. Right. But, you know, there's so many great players out there. Mm -hmm. There's far too many we can ever think to call. And I know we all tend to call those that are going to do all this, the normal stuff, show up, exactly. you know, have a good attitude, all right. that. Just gonna be right in the been there, done that with players that don't have that, and it's like, God, what's why, what's that all about, you know? And when it right. comes time for the next gig, I think I'll go to the next one in line, you know? <laughs> it's not about chops, it's about attitude, it is, yeah. and what you can bring. I think, I think what it is is my my oh, my da my daughter's mom is calling me, she's probably outside with my daughter. Um, so <laughs> Bay Legends, I wanted to say welcome to Bay Legends, and thank you so much for gracing us with your knowledge and presence and yeah, we might have to do another a part two down the road anytime, Absolutely, man. anytime yeah. just send me a cap yeah where you at see yeah.